Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I am excited to introduce you to my friend, Matt Dawson. Matt is not just a regular guy. Somehow he has these amazing superpowers that he's able to run a freelance business, uh, start a design conference, work a 40-hour-a-week job, be a husband and a dad, and then I'm sure there's some other amazing things that I didn't mention. But Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Diane. I really, I really appreciate you having me and all the all the kind words as well. Well, it is really amazing being able to do that and and that you're still nice to people. I think probably, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's important. Um, so I had talked to Matt like in January, maybe, um, and we had done like a Skype lunch prior, uh, you know, just as we had, he'd come to the show or I'd seen or somehow we connected on social media. Mm -hmm. And then um, we had a great lunch. And then you were telling me that you were starting this conference. And then it was this year was going to be right after Creative South. So Creative South was one weekend and then Crop was going to be the next weekend. The very and next weekend. Yeah, in Baton Rouge. And Matt came, Matt and his wife Ariadna <laughs> came to Creative South and they were so chill the whole time. And it was just amazing to me that they could keep it all together and they weren't like I had anxiety and I was just running volunteers, but like Yeah. So I don't know how you did it, but it was amazing. And we, it was super successful. We 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 had to. We 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 didn't want to miss it. It was a uh, it was my second year and it was Ariadna's first. Um, and I think just after, after all the planning we needed, you know, we needed that weekend to go and just uh, be forced, be forced to be away from computers and phone calls. And it's easier said than done. We, we still had to sneak away a few times and take care of stuff, but it was, it was nice to just enjoy the weekend. So one thing Johnny just mentioned it was that you guys sold out. And so, um, Let's jump in a little bit into okay. the um, into your background sure. and where your just your interest for design, and then we'll get into crop. So let's do that first. Gotcha. Um, well, you know, I, I won't really do the the whole. I knew I wanted to be a designer from an early age thing. I mean, I've always uh, I've always enjoyed art. Uh, I liked art in high school, and you know, did a lot of drawing when I was a kid, but never never one of those things where like you just knew from like five years old that you're going to do this. Uh, you know, I, I went to college not really knowing uh, what I wanted to do. And I ended up kind of piggybacking with uh, one of my best friends, Andy. Um, we, you know, we joined, uh, we joined, we uh, enrolled at LSU and did the landscape architecture program together. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that was a five year program. I was on a scholarship and I, I waste is not the right word, but I, you know, I used up a lot of that scholarship on that program. And then, you know, I kind of, kind of, you know, worked my way out of it. Uh, and I kind of got into design accidentally along the way, you know, like, uh, while I wasn't enjoying landscape, I was really enjoying, um, you know, making signs for like these proposals that we were doing. And I was really enjoying laying out my, my graphics and my pitches and presentations. Like I was loving that. I wasn't necessarily loving like the math and the, you know, grading of the land and all that, all that stuff. But like, I didn't realize that what I was kind of into 
was the design aspect of it. Um, and then I had a, you know, I had a conversation with a teacher and, you know, she just kind of gave me some kudos and, you know, said that, you know, like, maybe this is a, maybe this is a viable path for you. You know, like, have you thought about it? And, um, you know, sure enough, like I, I looked into it and got interested. And at the same time, I was also, um, I was also playing in a band. And since I had some Photoshop experience, I became the the band's resident graphic designer. And uh, it was just ridiculous posters and promotions and stuff. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I was kind of teaching myself along the way. I was the, I was the jerk at Kinko's complaining that my print looked wrong because I did it in RGB. And <laughs> I, I, I didn't know any better because like I'd, I'd never even, you know, I'm, I'm learning it all, you know, like before I even started the actual program. And, uh, you know, like I learned a lot along the way. And, uh, you know, that's that's back whenever every graphic designer wants to do album covers and, you know, like gig posters and this and that. So I, I kind of fell into it. That's that's really how I got my start. And So if you were at LSU and you had changed your major, would you have lost your scholarship? Well, the particular scholarship was for four years, um, and I spent three and a half years in the landscape architecture program, and then I took a semester off to build um, to build a portfolio to enter to you know apply for the design program. You had to apply for it there, and um, you know that that pretty much exhausted my four years, and that was it. Like I didn't have to pay anything back. Um, it was kind of a you know what you make of it scholarship sort of thing. And uh, luckily I didn't have to pay any back. I hope I don't. That's they, <laughs> yeah. You would have found out by now. Yeah, they, would have, they, would, they would have found yeah. you. Well, that's good. So did you like plants? Um, you know, I, I always liked architecture. Um, you know, growing up, like I, I was a nerdy little kid that, you know, like really liked architecture books and, you know, would get Frank Lloyd write books from the from the library and just kind of nerd out on, you know, like these things that I that I thought, you know, were cool. And I I thought an extension of that, you know, like whenever I learned about landscape architecture, I thought it would be neat. But obviously I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. It was kind of a it was it was a very it was a very eighteen year old kid decision to just do something on a whim. Um but you know, you live and you learn. Yeah. So where did you grow up? Did you grow up in? Grew up in Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Grew okay. up in Louisiana uh, in a little town uh, called Lake Charles, and it's uh -huh. about two hours west of Baton Rouge. So, okay. um, you know, grew up there, and like most like most Louisiana kids, you know, like you get over to the big state school and uh, you know, move to move to Baton Rouge, and that's kind of where. That's where things really kind of began for me, I feel like. Right. I mean, I went to Auburn, so, you know, SEC all the way. We know all about you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, I'm proud even if we don't win. Um, so why uh, create a design conference? I know you had been to Creative South. So what was it in you that you were like, oh, I've got to do this? And why Baton Rouge? Well, I actually hadn't been to Creative South like at the at the start of the crop planning. Um, I I had spoken at um, 
I'd spoken at a conference for Lamar uh, Advertising, okay. the billboard company. Uh, mm -hmm. They have like a nationwide retreat every couple of years and they bring people in to talk uh, about certain things. And I went in and talked about typography. Uh, Did you wear your baseball cap? No, I actually had really short hair back then. My, my hair grows really fast. This was like just two years ago, but I had really short hair. Um, that was kind of random if people weren't watching earlier, sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, and while, while I was hanging out there with, with all of those guys, I used to work for them, so like I knew a lot. And just like the whole vibe of like hanging out and like just listening to like what they learned during the day and actually being able to contribute to, to some of those things that they learned, you know, really kind of really just, you know, like put it, turned a light bulb on. And I was like, well, you know, like maybe we should have something for Baton Rouge in general to, you know, to where all of the creatives at the various agencies, because design's a much bigger thing now. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of talent there. And every time I go back, you know, like I've made so many friends, you know, just through graphic design there that I didn't know the 15 years that I lived there. Right. Um, so I, I felt like it was a, it was a perfect time for something for that city. All right. So Baton Rouge kind of explain how big Baton Rouge is um, for people who don't know. And there are a few schools in and around that area, right? Yeah, there are, there are a good handful of schools. There's um, obviously LSU and Baton Rouge, um, there's Southern University, there's Southeastern, um, about 45, 50 minutes away. You've got a lot of schools in New Orleans. Um, you've got Which schools. really is about an hour away, maybe? 45 yeah. minutes? Yeah, um, 45, 50 minutes uh, as well. Um, so there, there are a lot of universities um, and community colleges throughout the state. And um, Louisiana is not a big state, so they're all, you know, they're all relatively, you know, convenient to get to Baton Rouge from. Um, so that was that was a huge help as well. And um, I mean, just just being being a student there myself, like the the time the time I spent in Baton Rouge, you know, like through like all the experiences I had there, you know, like both ups and downs, like they're all fundamental to like who I am today. And mm -hmm you know, just but Louisiana pride runs deep. doesn't really matter where you are. Um, so I, I just thought it was a perfect opportunity to, to give, to give something back to where, where we call home. So that wouldn't be that big of a deal if you lived there, but you don't, you actually live and work in Atlanta. And how mm -hmm. long have you lived and worked in Atlanta? We've been here for three years now. Um, yeah, we came up in February of 13. So, yeah. Okay. So getting back to crop. So you, you had never been to creative South, but you did the Lamar thing and that was with all the Lamar partners, but it was in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Lamar's corporate office is in Baton Rouge. And, okay. um, you know, I, I worked a few places before there. Um, but that was my, that was my, my last job before we moved. Um, and it was just, it was great. You know, like I, I loved it there. Like they've just got amazing people and, um, they try to do really cool things and uh, you know, I wouldn't have left if, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't the right time to do so. Right. Um, yeah. So that was, that was where I was whenever we decided to move. And so you moved and you started working at another in-house as an in-house designer. Yeah. I got a, you know, I, I had the opportunity to, you know, uh, kind of advance my career and take, take on a larger role with, uh, a whole lot more responsibility than I anticipated. 
Um, but it was good for us at the time because my wife was getting a promotion and we were, we were about to be parents. So everything, everything aligned. And, um, you know, we, we went there and I was in-house for about two and a half years. Uh, well, over that, I recently have switched things up as we talked about the other day. But. So, and so now you'd still work 40 hours a week, um, mm -hmm. at a kind of boutique design agency in Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. I've been there and for about a month. Right after creative South, right? Yeah, you, yeah. I, I found out right after crop. Yeah. I found out the Friday, uh, the Friday of creative South, I got an email and I was like, Oh wow. The stage keeps getting better and better. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so it was a big week for mm -hmm. you. Your big 10 days. I, that was one question I asked is how supportive was your work as you were planning this? And I think another thing um, I know with Mike and Karen with Creative South, they really work together well. And it's something that they really feel like as a family that they want to do. And I think if Ariadna wasn't right there with you doing this, I think it would be hard to do. So her role is she took on a lot of responsibility with crop as well, right? Oh yeah, you know it, it, it's definitely you know it's definitely uh, both with uh, both of our thing. Um, you know, I, I brought it to her not under the not under the idea that I was going to do it myself. You know, like I, I brought it to her, like, hey, do you want to do this with me? Because we work really well together. I mean, like we've been together forever, and um, you know, like we just click and get each other, and we we balance each other out. Things I think of, she doesn't things she thinks of I don't um so there's there's a great balance um it, with working together and uh yeah it was, it was kind of it's kind of perfect that's but, awesome yeah but um but my well I was gonna say um my my previous employers were super super uh supportive of what I was trying to do um which was a huge help for anybody that wants to do this I mean you have to you have to have people that support you and that believe in you. Um, and you know, like I, I couldn't have asked for, I couldn't have asked for better management that, you know, allowed me to travel as frequently as I do and, you know, kind of work remote and take care of things when I can sort of deal. So that was, that was awesome. That is really important and really nice that they believed in that kind of vision yeah. as well, I think. Okay. So how, what, do you drink or what do you eat or whatever? Well, how do you, how are you able to do all of these things at uh, the same time? You know, it's, it's, it's mostly a uh, lack of sleep is, is, <laughs> is, the, is the simple answer. Um, but, you know, luckily, luckily over, over 16 years of, you know, not being, not being used to a whole lot of sleep, uh, you know, like, just coming, coming from bands and college projects and late night work projects and starting to freelance, you know, like I've, I've conditioned myself to, to be able to run pretty efficiently on, on a few hours of sleep. But, um, you know, I mean, it's really just, it's really just about striking a balance and staying motivated and like having a drive, you know, like I, I wanted to do this really bad. So, you know, like I made sure that I took the necessary steps and, you know, like, Part of it's sacrifice, like not in a negative sense, like you don't want to, you know, you don't want to sacrifice what you do during the day. Um, right. I don't want to sacrifice my family time. So I sacrifice the amount of sleep I get, but that's okay. Because um, luckily I can function that way. And So how many hours of sleep do you get? Because uh, Peter's saying four hours. 
um, uh, three or two. <laughs> I get I get about I get about five hours a night, which isn't bad. So it's not so bad. Oprah would not like that. Do you know that she said that that's one of the ways that you uh, are able to look better and feel better when you're older? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it's taken its toll for sure. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, not the way you look. I mean, like when you're sixty. Not oh, I mean, yeah. you look well, great. You know, but that like I don't know who. Maybe well, hopefully, hopefully it'll slow down by by the time by the time I reach sixty. But um. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to sacrifice time with you know my family. Like we, we get so little time together as it is. You know, like I would, I would much rather stay up till two or three o'clock, but get to play with my daughter. You know, like right, absolutely. But it and stuff. So, but I guess that's it's it's that this other stuff is so important, and you feel like it's so important mm -hmm. that that you would rather. I mean, that it's not something that's an, an, oh, well, maybe I'll do this later in a few years. It's that I need to do this now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I bet you're probably really good at time management. Are you? Do you get distracted easy? I actually do kind of get distracted easily. But really? it, it's, it's never with anything... Uh, it's always with some other project or always like some other kind of like work related thing. It's never, it's never, Oh, today looks nice outside. I'm going to go for a bike ride. Like it's not that kind of distraction. It's like, Oh, let me open up this file. Cause this idea just came into my head and I want to add it to it. Like it's those kind of distractions. Well, that's probably so good. It's still kind of um, functioning correctly. Let me read Peter's comment. Have crop <laughs> conference or CS 17 at Oh, at Oprah Studio, that'd be pretty cool. Profit from her free money giveaways. Hey, that's an idea, Peter, for sure. All right, so um, how did you choose Baton Rouge? And I know Kent was really interested in this because he's um, in Mississippi yes. and Baton Rouge is only three hours away. And so how many people do you think came from the Louisiana kind of area? I know you had people that came from a much wider pool than you even thought was gonna be there. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I mean, like, like I said, Baton Rouge is like, it, it really, it's where I consider home. Um, so there's really no question of anywhere else where it would be. Uh, and you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, like we, we, we weren't quite sure what it was going to be or where it was going to reach. Like we, we thought maybe it was going to, it was going to get a lot of people from the schools and some of like the, you know, in town people, but we, we reached a, a far broader audience than we anticipated. You know, like we had people from like eight states come in, which kind of like just blew my mind. You know, like we'd, we'd update the, uh, the registration sheets every now and then and be like, well, there's two people from Utah come in or, you know, like somebody from Wisconsin's coming down, um, which is really cool. You know, like, I mean, Louisiana is a fun place there. It was, it was really neat to, you know, to have some first time Louisiana goers, you know, come down for like this thing that we were building. So that was, that was super cool. That is cool. All right. So how did you market it? This, I know we're out of order if I ask this question right now, but I can't remember where it lives. And so you were talking about your reach. So what were you doing? Cause I think that's another big worry. And this wasn't just a one, you know, three month kind of planning thing. You had been thinking about this for a few years and kind of getting people in place right. right yeah i thought about it for um i think the entire planning process was like 14 months and i i don't know if that's right or wrong i don't know if it's too much or too little 
uh, it, it worked for our needs this year. Um, but yeah, I wanted to plan it way, way ahead. And I really had no clue how to get the word out uh, until like I kind of started brainstorming and, um, you know, AdFed has a really strong presence in Baton Rouge. Um, I'm friends with a lot of those people who have worked with a lot of those people. Um, so, you know, I had the opportunity to announce the idea in general uh, through through one of the monthly luncheons that they have. And uh, that just, you know, that worked really, really well. As far was that as way early or was that more? It was super early. It was 11 months before crop. Uh, wow. Yeah, so I, I announced it, um, you know, not not details, just kind of like, hey, you know, um, we're going to be bringing Baton Rouge's, uh, Louisiana's first design conference here, you know, next spring. Um, it's a two-day event, you know, like we're super excited about it, like sign up for a mailing list, and that was it. That was all we really said that day. Um, and then we started getting more and more interest, and uh, it turned into a two-day event. And uh, then once I announced the lineup in the fall, you know, we did another luncheon and uh, we did a dribble meetup that night. Uh, so, you know, like we, you know, just use the resources that you have. Um, and like we were, we were very fortunate to, to um, be able to be able to work with AdFit on getting the, getting the word out. That was that was super cool. Um, we uh, we did some stuff with AIGA as well. AIGA has a has a really strong presence in New Orleans, uh, which is you know right around the corner. Um, and then the rest was just word of mouth, uh, which you know can't ask for anything better than that. You know, like for people to talk about like you know what you're doing. That's kind of that's kind of cool. So it has to do a lot with you and Ariana that who you were as people and who you were in the design community mm -hmm. and. Um, it wasn't that you were, it wasn't that this was brand new. It was that you were building on something you had already built. And I think that that may be something that a lot of people who, if you're new to a city or if you're in a city and you don't really have all those connections yet, that's what you need to really focus on building. Mm -hmm. So do you think that would be a good place for people to start? Because you had been in uh, Baton Rouge working professionally for 10 years. Yeah, I mean, uh, I lived there for 15. I was working professionally for about eight. And, you know, like, uh, we, we just, we made so many connections uh, being there that that's, that's honestly, I mean, how, how we really got such a, such a good foot in as, you know, like knowing, knowing the people that we did and the venues and knowing where to go to for this or that. Um, and if you don't have that, you build a team that does. Um, and luckily for us, our, our team also had similar resources. So we were very, very fortunate, um, you know, to have to have the reach we did to, you know, to put it together the way we did. Yeah, that's awesome. OK, so um, it had a huge success in its inaugural year, which is amazing. How, so some of it's word of mouth, some of it's people, you know, mm -hmm. um, and just putting together this. But so one of the things I always am amazed at Mike about is that he has this big team and these people and he kind of lets them go. And unless we need him, we don't have to bother him so much. Maybe he doesn't feel like that at all. But <laughs> how do you build that team? And, you know, how 
how supportive were you talked about your bosses in Atlanta, but mm-hmm. how supportive were maybe some of your colleagues and your team people that were in Baton Rouge? Uh, you know, they're very supportive. And I think, you know, I think the, the whole reason we picked who we picked um, was because we, we, we saw, you know, we saw what they could bring to the table. Like we knew their work ethic, we knew their drive. Um, and we knew that, that the idea was something that they supported. Um, like we, we asked everybody, like we, we had conversations with, with each person and, um, you know, every, everybody brought something different. Um, you know, like this year was, you know, like crop week was like go time. And that's really where everybody kind of shined. Um, cause a, a lot of it throughout the year, you know, was kind of like a little bit of work here and there. Um, but crop week, you know, like everybody just stepped up and, you know, like pulled their weight and like, it was like, okay, that's exactly why we pick these people. So how many people were on that team? It's just, uh, it's just five of us. It's Ariadna, myself, and then, um, and then three, three more people. Wow. Yeah. That's not very many. <laughs> it's not, um, we, we, we might, we might change that up. Um, but then again, you know, like you, you, you end up with that, uh, you could end up with the too many cooks in the kitchen scenario. Um, but you know, like we, we worked really well together and, uh, yeah, we'll probably, we'll, we'll probably keep it around that. So nobody felt overtaxed or overburdened. I would think that that would be something that you would have a hard time. And another thing I always think is, you know, you're still kind of doing a freelance business or you're still doing your 40 hour work week. You know, how do you kind of manage when you're, cause I'm, it probably, I would think the weeks leading up to, and then maybe the week after you're just kind of spent, you know, and you're just really focused full time on this. Did you have to take off time from work to, to do this the weeks leading up to? Um, I took off, I took off the week of, um, you know, like I, I went to creative South, uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. And then we hopped down to Baton Rouge that Sunday and I was there all week for crop week. Um, throughout the rest of the, the planning process though, um, I'd taken off a, a few days here and there. Um, but you know, like my, my biggest thing this year was for me to learn, uh, all the ins and outs of it. Uh, cause I, I wanted to know how everything worked. Um, mm-hmm. cause I feel like in the future, you know, like I can, I can better delegate things if I myself know how it works. You know, like I've, I've worked at too many places and had friends that work at too many places where, um, you know, like the main person doesn't know all the little nuances of each and every department or, mm-hmm. you know, or part of, a you know, part of whatever's going on. So I, I, I thought that figuring all that out myself this year, was like, you know, was going to be instrumental to, you know, improving on subsequent years. So. So did you have people that were over specific jobs or did you just have you, Ariana, and three other people that were just like, hey, we're all going to do this in here, multitasks that each one of us are going to do? Or did did those people have specific titles and specific roles? Um, loosely, loosely, they had specific roles. Um you know, we had we had um, my buddy Drew uh, taking care of the web stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Jason, who's an amazing PR guy, uh, you know, would get all the PR stuff set up. And uh, fortunately, he also worked at the venue. Um, 
And then my buddy Levi um, ended up being like kind of our hospitality coordinator. He was he was running himself ragged backstage, um, you know, making sure everybody had things. So they they did have specific roles that they you know that they excelled at. But for the most part, we we all kind of we all kind of joined in that week and just did everything. Like whether or not it's you know taking out trash or giving this person a ride over here or that. Um, I think next year though. Um, I'll be able to, I'll be able to, uh, you know, really focus on certain things and kind of see who, you know, see who'd be a good fit for this or that. Um, but yeah. So crop was how many people max when it sold out? How many people was that? Uh, 325. 325. So that's mm -hmm. amazing that your first year was that. So there was definitely need and, um, desire in that. Sure. Um, it was a, it was a very um, uh, affordable ticket, mm -hmm. and you really pushed, I think, early on to get that. And I think that um, that it is a good reason why you sold out. But um, if somebody else was doing it, what would you tell them in regards to setting their price? What was important for maybe the first time and then maybe the second or in subsequent years? Um, you know, in, in my experience with pricing things, uh, both like personally for like my, you know, the rate that I charge people, that's sure. the one thing, it's the one thing I wish they taught in school because, you know, I think a lot of times we don't know how to value ourselves and, uh, you know, as far as price points for crop, we didn't really know how to value it. So we had to kind of look at other things, um, you know, put it against our newness uh as far as you know like a brand new conference and you know come up with something that was affordable for the people that we were trying to reach as well we didn't want to do something that's unattainable for students because there's so many students that can benefit from it mm -hmm. we didn't want to do something that was so you know exorbitant that people are like well who do they think they are it's their first year kind of thing mm -hmm. um so we wanted it to be modestly modestly priced um but uh, what I would say is that like you shouldn't pigeonhole yourself and like paint yourself into a corner price wise because like I, I feel like increases are necessary because as you as you make things better as you as you provide more value for your attendees right. you know it's it's got to come from somewhere you know like we we did Mardi Gras balls for ten years and we never increased the price and that was a huge mistake because once they got more expensive anytime you'd even talk about a price increase you'd get like major major kickback. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and we don't ever want it to be anything that breaks the bank. We always want it to be accessible. All right. So you must've gotten some vendor donations or support. So how do you do that? Because you can't really do it all alone. Now, one thing I think was great was that you and Ariana had both worked at the venue. Mm -hmm. And so that really helped, um, in selling the conference to this venue. Right. It was, it's such a you know, it's such a professional venue. I mean, like you walk in and it's, it's kind of like a breathtaking space. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to have that. Um, this first year was kind of tough, you know, because a lot of people didn't really want, you know, didn't, didn't really want to like give money to something that was brand new, you know? So mm -hmm. there, there's some reluctancy there, which is perfectly understandable. Um, so what we had in turn, were a lot of in-kind sponsorships and that was, mm -hmm. you know, that was very instrumental and, you know, 
So explain and, to somebody who doesn't know what an in-kind, I know what that is, and sure. maybe everybody does, but maybe somebody doesn't. Well, you know, so our, our in-kind sponsors um, were people that we approached, you know, like with our, with our sponsorship pitch. Um, but if, if they're reluctant to give money, they might give a service, you know. Um, so if, if it's a venue that you want, but you, you know, maybe you can't foot the bill for that, maybe they would in-kind half of it or three quarters, and then you end up paying a reduced cost. Or if it's printed materials, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. they see the value in providing a sponsorship where its core demographic are designers um, and people that could potentially use their services. So they're like, okay, this is a smart fit. Let's go ahead and print everything for it. Right. Um, so those are those are things uh, that you don't have to spend budget on. Um, but, you know, like you're also getting a great value from, you know, from somebody in kind of it. Did you have local printers or were you going to online national? Um, we, we had local, um, you know, like we're, we're real big into local uh, as far as Louisianians go. Um, we had vivid, vivid ink printing. Uh, they did an amazing job in making us look like, you know, Jason, Jason Craig's not going to like this, but making us look really legit. Um, they, they gave us, you know, so much stuff that helped really dress the venue up. Uh, we had local printers uh, provide our lanyards and our um, our badges. Um, everything was local. Um, we didn't. I can't really think if we had any really national sponsors. We had Adobe giveaway some Creative Cloud subscriptions, which was amazing. But um, for the most part, we tried to keep it. We tried to keep it in that bubble. Cool. Okay. So, who was going and doing these sponsorships? Let me do that again. Who okay. was going and doing these sponsorship pitches? Were these things that you were doing over the internet or online or on the phone from Atlanta, or were you doing some of these in person? Uh, for the most part, it was over the phone and through email. Um, and that kind of seems to be the norm nowadays, at least from like everything that I've heard and, you know, like our past experiences. Um, so many people don't have time for face-to-faces nowadays. So it's, uh, you know, it, it was it was acceptable to send them an email. It was weird if you're not used to being a salesman because I'm not a salesman. Um, but you know, after you get your first couple under your belt, you you feel more comfortable, and you know, you go and revise that pitch, and you know, people you know people ended up seeing the value and being a part of it. And uh, you know, it was some hit or miss stuff, but mostly hit. Cool. Well, good. Uh, okay, so. Um... Who was really essential? Was it you? Was it Ariadna? Or was it somebody else in making connect? Golly, what's up with me? <laughs> the making connections with these vendors. Were these people you already knew? I mean, clearly the venue, you already knew them. A lot of them we already knew. You know, uh, one of my really good friends, Greg, works at Vivid Inc., who provided all of our signage. Um, you know, that he he facilitated a great deal with uh, Steve and the owner. Um, you know, our, our big 3d stage, uh, stage prop was done by Lamar graphics. They, they own and run a 3d printing shop that was in kind. Um, yeah, there it is and right this, there with, with Brian. Yeah. And okay. That's him who did the, th the, Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my friend Becky, uh, she's, she's part of AdFed. She's the president of AdFed. So 
she facilitated that. Um, you know, my my buddy Drew uh, facilitated the VIP lunch for uh, for Mike and all the all the main day speakers. Um, fed them real good, I hope. <laughs> so so let's tell people what it was. So it was one day of workshops, and the workshops were in a really big room, and anybody could go. So kind of tell it was it was different than maybe some other um, conferences. So tell them kind of the basic. Um, yeah, you know, we, we wanted to keep things simple, uh, as it was our first year. Um, and whenever we decided to add the workshops, you know, we, we'd seen the a la carte model and mm -hmm. I mean, personally, like I, I can see the benefit of it. Um, especially if you're wanting to pick and choose, but in the spirit of keeping things simple, we wanted to just have two price points. We wanted to have a two day ticket and a single day ticket. So, um, what we ended up doing is making the workshop day uh, kind of like a, a school day style where, you know, you have you have classes from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or whatever. Um, part of that was to keep things simple, but part of it was also to, you know, I always try really hard to, like, not hurt feelings or step on toes. And, like, I, I, I always want people to be as happy as I can possibly make them. Um, so one thing we didn't want to do is we didn't want to stagger it to where 70 people can sign up for this class, but four people sign up for this. You know, we wanted to right. treat it. We wanted to treat it like a school block schedule. And, you know, like if you want to go all day, go all day. If you want to go take a two hour break, you know, go do that kind of thing. Um, so that's how we structure the workshops. And honestly, the majority of the people stayed the whole time. And they were they were troopers because we crammed seven workshops into one day. Uh, and then, and then a kickoff party. So the kickoff party was well received after a, after a day of hard work. So, but you couldn't keep everybody in those workshops. So there were only a limited number of two day tickets, correct? Right. There were, um, there were like roughly 120 two day tickets. So, you know, we had, we had 120 people in the workshops all day Thursday. And, um, and then the kickoff party opened up that night and everybody was invited to that, obviously. Um, right. And that was really great. Uh, and uh, the next day was our full day of main speakers in the, in the theater. Okay. So in the workshop, this was not in the same venue though, right? So you had to get another venue for this. Right. So this workshop right here, uh, this is at Creative Block, which is a co-working space in Baton Rouge. Um, some friends of ours own it and run it and do a great job. And uh, another, another, another in-kind sponsor, you know, they sponsored the space for free which was yeah. which it was huge for us like this is their production studio they rent this out to television shows and you know movies and whatnot so we were able to you know take it and transform it into a, a big you know studio classroom setting and you know like everybody like it was whisper quiet in there you know like people were paying attention they were engaged and it was really great that's awesome yeah that's awesome okay so what other areas were critical? If you were telling somebody, say, in another part of the world or another, uh, another, um, whatever city or state, if they wanted to create something like this, what other areas were critical to your success? Was it donations? Was it volunteers? What? Um, you know, the the donations and uh, sponsorships, both in kind and monetary, were huge. You really can't get by without that. Um, you know, volunteers were amazing. They really stepped up and did a great job. Uh, 
and you know like having having genuine volunteers is is something else you know like people that really just want to help like we we had a girl that just like worked her butt off and wasn't even a designer she's like yeah just like helping things and like she just she crushed it like she was so good um you know that's that's very instrumental um you know just having having a good solid plan you know like as efficient as efficiently as you can lay things out and and plan uh the easier it's going to be for other people to pick up and help you with it um so having having your head on straight is is absolutely important so in any part this is not one of my questions okay. so if you don't want to answer you can just be like no we're not answering that question <laughs> okay. did you ever have like a face down moment that you were like oh my gosh i can't do this oh yeah i had a few uh, <laughs> i mean <laughs> Even even the initial even the initial conversation I had with Ariadna about it, like back in you know like January of 2015, like it it felt it felt so unattainable. It, like it felt so big to me um, to just want to get like 75 people, you know, like mm -hmm. that, that felt like insurmountable. Um, and then you know, like it it grew to this, and like that that felt like something to overcome. So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely had those moments where like it felt like a lot, but I think luckily being a designer and all the, all the grief that we put up with and have to overcome, you know, like, like all those roadblocks you have where, you know, like you're, you're waiting for that epiphany moment. And then mm -hmm. like, I, I start every logo project like that too. Like I feel so lost. I'm like, Oh man, like what am I going to do? And then you, and then it comes to you and then you just coast and you cruise through mm -hmm. it. Um, and it, it was a lot like that with, with any stumbling blocks that we had. It was just, it was another, there's another puzzle to solve. Gotcha. So Johnny asked, can we find your bands online? <laughs> Johnny Gwynn. I'll, I'll send them to you personally. <laughs> All right. So um, the, um, I already kind of asked you about marketing it. And um, how much were you using? It sounded like your PR guy was doing a lot for you in that but were you using any social media tools? Because again, if you're doing local, you're getting the ad fed people locally, but you're not maybe reaching as broad as what you ended up getting. You weren't like reaching for Wisconsin, but you got people from Wisconsin and Utah. So what kind of social media were you uh, marketing? Were you doing? You know, I, it was really just my account and like our team members accounts. Um, you know, we, we didn't necessarily ask the speakers to do any, uh, to do any kind of promoting a couple mm -hmm. of them did, you know, Brian Steely put something out, um, you know, that was, that, that was really big. Cause he, he's, he's got a, he's got a really broad reach, you know, but like, I think, I think team wise, you know, we, you know, we didn't have that big of a reach. So we were just kind of doing things through our own feeds and, uh, you know, well, luckily a couple others picked it up and. Uh, that that broadened that broadened uh, the word for sure so how early are you having because if you're if i'm taking a trip and i have mm -hmm. to plan hotel and and um getting there travel i you know it's best if i'm kind of planning this a few months in advance how uh, how early were you trying i mean granted you had told people way early but how when were you pushing more was it three months in advance a month in advance um, that's kind of, a. well, I, I guess our main push was in October. Um, okay. honestly, I mean, like I, I knew our entire lineup in March of 2015. 
like I'd, I'd pretty much spoken to everyone and got everyone on board. Um, and then I had to keep that secret until October, which was brutal. Um, but you know, so uh, October gave people a good, let's see, that's October, November, December. You know, that, that gives people a good six months to, mm -hmm. to ask off for work. Um, mm -hmm. you know, to, to plan flights like ahead of time while they're a little bit more affordable. Um, so I got, I kind of felt like October was a sweet spot. Um, and it kind of gives, it kind of gave a little bit of buffer in between, you know, like, like holiday budgets, you know, like to where like mm -hmm. you announce it, but they're like, Oh, sorry, I've got to buy the kiddos Christmas presents or. Right. Right. So did you give up vacation like you and Ariadna going to the beach somewhere, or whatever, to do this? Ariadna and I have not been to the beach in five years. And well, it, whatever, it, whatever yeah. kind of vacation you as, like to go on. As soon as she hears this, she's going to be like, you're right. We do need to go to the beach. Um, <laughs> we, we don't typically do vacations. Um, like our, our vacation is, is going back to Baton Rouge. Um, you know, like I, I go back a lot personally, um, you know, like about every, every eight weeks or so. Mm -hmm. um, but you know the the main the main time off that we use is to go down there and spend time with family and friends. So that's that's our vacation essentially. All right. So um, Johnny asked a question, and then I'm going to get to Mike's question. So Mike, okay. I'm not leaving you out. Um, will you be increasing the size of crop next year? More VIPs. Who was? What was the VIP ratio to the total and general ticket person? Okay. So yeah, we had about 120, 125 VIP tickets, um, mm -hmm. which means we had about 200 uh, general admissions to, uh, to balance out the, the 325 sum. And the VIPs were the two days yeah, or were those? VIPs were the two days. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what about like how many, and one thing else, me and you um, talked about this before, was all of your workshop people were all local. Yes. So you weren't having to fly in and the cost was deferred. So really using your local talent and then for the extra people that were coming, you were just really paying for one or two nights, two mm -hmm. nights probably, and then their travel. So, but it was a much smaller pool because you weren't having to pay for every workshop person. Right. Our, our workshops really worked out with being local. Uh, we actually did have, we did have one guy from uh, San Antonio, uh, Kyle Adams, who is, God, he, he's he's an amazing icon designer. He's uh, he's a he's a frequent creative souther, and uh, you know he he reached out to us and wanting to do a a workshop. And I kind of explained to him it's our first year. We'd love to have you, um, but luckily he's real good friends with another one of our uh, workshoppers, Winston Scully, and uh, you know they were able to bunk up together. Uh, so yeah, the the workshops worked out great. And then uh, the main days, you know, like that's that, that's where a good bit of budget goes to, you know, accommodating everybody and giving speaking fees um, and whatnot. And it's kind of a, yeah, it's a balance. You know, it's all it's all a big, big balance. All right. So let's get to Mike's questions and then let's show some pictures. I have a picture. Um, um and, uh, and okay, I can't understand what Johnny was saying. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, I'm. I'm not even gonna try. Um, okay, I'm pulling up this image. I think Michael know Michael like this. Well, I hope he likes the image. Um, but this is Mike asking this question to you. What are the most exhausting? What what it is or what are the most exhausting parts 
of being a new conference planner? Um, that's Mike. Yeah, that's Mike's question. Uh, the most exhausting parts, um, checklisting everything. Mm. To me, that was the most exhausting part because I would, you know, I would spend hours on end thinking that I had ticked every box. And then, you know, luckily for me, Ariadna would have her list and there'd be like 10 things that I missed. Um, so, I mean, like, no, no matter what you think you have taken care of, like, you've really got to like triple, quadruple check it. Um, that was, to me, that, that was the most exhausting thing because like, it also all happens at crunch time, you know, like it all mm -hmm. happens within, you know, like the, the two weeks leading up to, um, so all that, all those facts and figures and is this done, is that done, is that done? That to me was like very mentally exhausting. All right. So what are your biggest challenges? And I kind of am seconding this with the half second part of question eight was what things did you not know to plan for that you could tell somebody to look out for? So biggest challenges and what did you not know? Well, you know, we, we did a couple things by the seat of our pants this year. Um, and I don't like, know how, well, you know, uh, South Louisiana weather is a very, very fickle, fickle being. You can control the weather in Atlanta? That's awesome. <laughs> Just not in South, South Louisiana? Well, you know, it, it can be beautiful one minute and then just be, you know, like a, a downpour the next. Um, you know, our, our kickoff party, we, we didn't account for rain. Luckily, there was a tent there for a wedding the next day. Um, yeah. But it actually did end up raining that night. You know, so it crowded everybody under the tent, which luckily made for like a nice little dance party. Um, but, you know, like, uh, accounting for things like that, you know, like if, if it's within your budget, you know, you probably should. You, you should think about anything that can go wrong. Um, mm. If you can afford to make it more comfortable for your attendees, that's huge. Um, we didn't have any alternate speakers, which I'm not sure if that's a thing. I've been meaning to ask Mike. Mike, is that a thing? Having Having like a, you know. Having like somebody an alternate, on. yeah, somebody on deck. Um, he said yes. Okay, good. Because see, we we didn't do that. So what I was doing, I was checking all of y'all's uh, travel patterns and like you know like uh, weather patterns for everywhere people were coming from. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, like uh, Amy, Amy and Jen are gonna get here. Like it's it's gonna be fine. Like there's no rain. It's uh, no delays at this place or that place. Uh, and that was, you know, we were so we we're we we're super blessed that everybody got there safely and you know like nobody had to miss or be delayed or anything but it, it could have you know i would have been up there myself feeling somebody's slot talking about type combinations uh right you know Which but, is super cool by the way <laughs> but you know like, i think next year we'll, we'll plan a little bit more for that um for sure okay so biggest challenge do you think you answered that question i mean i feel like you did just planning so, for things you don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. And then Mike wanted to know, with a wink, uh, why April? Uh, why April? <laughs> so if, for people who don't know, Creative South is always like the first full weekend in April. Um, yeah. But it is planning. Planning when? I think so. This is a great question, actually, of if you're planning on doing it for another in another city, mm -hmm. what are all the things you had to deal with with planning it in Baton Rouge? Well, and, and, and it's exactly that. It's it's very city specific. Um, mm -hmm. You know, 
the the thing with Louisiana, and I mean, I've I've, I've said this, I'm, I'm very well versed in this explanation, um, so I'll go ahead and get to it. In the beginning of the year, January through March, you have Mardi Gras to deal with. So okay. ven venues are booked. Uh, people can't make it for this or that. They have balls to go to. They have parades to go to. They okay. have charity functions to go to. Um, March to May, June is a pretty sweet spot. There's not a whole lot going on. You've got, uh, obviously, you've got LSU graduation and Southern and Southeastern. So you've got some stuff going on in May. But, you know, like March to June is, is a pretty open area. Uh, and weather-wise, a little bit better. Weather-wise, a little bit better. Um, and then the summer, you know, I don't know if anybody ever spent a summer in South Louisiana, but it, it can be pretty brutal. So, you know, if you're wanting to have outdoor events where people actually enjoy themselves and don't melt, you don't really do something in the summer. Uh, <laughs> um, and then you've got fall which I don't know if there are any LSU Tiger fans out there. Uh, there you know, some, some other Tiger fans out there. But, you know, you can't do anything in the fall with LSU football. I mean, I feel so bad for the girls that get married during, you know, during fall and, like, everybody's huddled around the TV, you know, like if their wedding happens to fall on a game day. If they go. Yeah. If it, they go to yeah. the wedding. I'm yeah. sorry. We've got tickets. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the holidays. So really like that, that was our, that was kind of our only window. Um, and I, I never wanted it to be that close to creative South, but, um, I feel like we're, I feel like we're kind of, we're kind of fortunate to at least be, you know, the, the majority in that time frame because, you know, like there are a whole lot in the fall. There's mm -hmm. so many in the fall, you know, like, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like it's easy to go to, Creative South and Crop because I'm I'm not going to miss Creative South, um, I'm you know, I'm just not. Uh, but you know, like it seems like in the fall you have a lot more to, you know, maybe have to like pick between that sort of thing. He but, said he was proud to share April with you. Well, good. I'm I'm, I'm proud. brother. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Gave I, another wink. Yeah. So all right. So um, what will you do differently next year? And there is there, um. Is there something about the structure that you would change? Will you have a backup speaker? Well, probably, you know, uh, my biggest thing for events, um, Ariadna and I have been planning events like uh, for 10 years. And the, the biggest lesson I've learned is to not overextend yourself after a first successful year. Mm -hmm. um, we've, seen we've seen way too many events, uh, you know, kind of falter because they didn't, they didn't piggyback on the lessons that they learned. They just gave themselves a whole new set of lessons to learn because they tried to get bigger and better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we want to continually add value. We want to make sure that it's something that people want to go to. Um, you know, we want to, we want to polish any, you know, any areas that need improving that we, you know, that we saw in this year. And yeah, we'll, we'll probably do little things like weather, weather maintenance and backup speakers. And, uh, you know, but those we'll, are good. Yeah, we, we, we want to gradually we want to gradually build. We don't want it to be a you know a, a completely reinventing the wheel thing because I, I don't really think I don't really think we need to at this point. Right. You know, like I just want to if it ain't broke, don't break it. Kind right, of deal. right, yeah. right. Okay, so um, I want to look at some of your work and okay. I want to ask you what's next. So maybe you can talk us through some of these pieces. 
and then we can kind of see and you can kind of let us know what because it kind of gives it seems like you're getting your I don't know if you feel like you're an introvert or an extrovert but it seems like you're very social and you um, you really are passionate about people and very passionate about design so it's like crap lets you get passion with people and mm -hmm. design but people sure. and then your design work is just amazing so anyway so let's talk about it um okay so the piece we have up right now uh that was for an aiga poster show that we had here in atlanta um actually uh jason craig and daniel Hare and scott fuller and i we all ended up being finalists in it so like we we got to all go to a little party together um but you know it 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 garnered like a lot of uh you know a lot of attention um people really gravitated towards it so um i ended up kind of pushing it a little bit further and uh, i gave it a companion i gave it a vinyl companion um and what i'm going to do with them a lot of people at creative south got stickers uh but i'm in the process of turning them into prints these are actually going to be the prints that we're seeing right now uh it's a different color scheme um it's kind of a yin, yin and yang thing for both of them but uh yeah, these will be these will be the first prints that uh, you know Ariadne and I are going to start selling. We're we're going to try to do a little online store um, with uh, with with these guys going up first. Trying cool. to find a printer right now. So any recommendations? Let us know. Cool. All right. So um, this is the crop logo. Do you want to talk a little bit about maybe why you decided um, on the word crop? Because we never really talked about that too. Um, well, it, it, it comes down to the, uh, to the whole aspect of like, you know, creating a, a pleasing composition, you mm -hmm. know, like you, you crop it down to like its most effective, you know, core kind of thing. And also, you know, I guess the double entendre is that it brings something together. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it felt like an appropriate name. Uh, and then the, the crop mark itself, the little C, there's actually an L and an A in it. So it was, uh, pretty you know, pretty serendipitous that that happened as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, then the, did you hand letter that or did someone or? No, it, it, it's, it's a modified script, but you know, I, I felt like, I felt like the initial, the initial mark is very much like my taste, but mm -hmm. you know, and something that has to appeal to a broad, to a broad range of, you know, attendees, you know, I had to kind of give up what I would really like. Luckily it fit together, but um, yeah. And then this is the this is the logo type for 2017. It's all it's all based off of the the initial crop mark. Um, it's like the same the same grid structure and pattern. And uh, this will this will be what we use for a lot of our 2017 branding. Cool. And those those are the dates: April 20th through the 21st. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if another, anybody wants to know, Thursday, so can, when will the tickets be available? Uh, probably not till October again. Yeah, we're. Uh, I'm. I'm doing a lot of planning right now. I'm trying to get majority of uh, some branding stuff done uh, ahead of time. That way, I'll have kind of more, you know, more time to look at other aspects that you know uh, need need attention or focus. But, so Johnny's asking about early birds. So are you going to go to a bigger venue? Or are you going to stay in the same venue and keep the same size? Uh, I can't really say right now. We we we're we're gonna we're we're gonna keep things simple, uh, but I, I think we are. 
we are planning on uh, accommodating more people uh, in some ways. Oh, booger snot. <laughs> booger snot. No, maybe. what happened? Boogers. I guess I shouldn't ask that question. <laughs> and we'll be leaving. And remember, today's program was brought to you by Afterbite. I'm hoping they'll come back. That's what I'm just doing. But this is, for anybody who missed the very early beginning before I was recording, Afterbite helps with red ant bites. Oh, there he's back. Come on, Matt. Don't forget your Afterbite. If you're going to get bit this summer, this stuff rocks. Thanks to my mom. Mailing list. I'm giving it all. Here, let me put it down while he tries to add back in. If you want to get in touch with Matt, you can um, look at his awesome work on Dribble, but you can also look at it at staygrayponyboy.com. And, um, and then I'm going to get all the rest. And then if you want to go and get on the mailing list, which you can, um, you can go to crop.la. And um, you can also uh, get on the mailing list there. You can also follow at crop.la on Instagram or stay gray pony boy on Instagram. And I'm going to put that booger up right now. Oh, no, he keeps flaking out. I see his little egg pop up. He told me the only reason he has a Twitter account is for Design Recharge, which I super am thankful for. Um, him and my mom. Everybody else has a brand or a picture, which I think is hilarious. Um, thank you, guys. Thanks, Mike, for coming. So just so you know, Forefathers Group. Um, oh, I have to. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have the seat locked. Okay, now you can. So sorry. He's texting me. I'm like, oh, why won't he call back? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I thought I broke it. Okay. <laughs> I had the seat locked because sometimes... People call in and it's distracting to me. And so, but I can open it up if anybody wants to, other people want to. So um, Mike had to go, but he said, um, great job and took, Thanks, took away some great nuggets. So, all right. Um, oh, and I was sharing all of ways, and I don't know if you heard me, but I was trying, I did talk about Afterbite. Cool. But, yeah. You've got to you get the sponsor recognition. I know, for sure. Um, but uh, uh, signing up for the uh, newsletter or the mailing list, they can go at, at crop.la. Right. Uh, crop.la, we've got a, uh, we, we took down our main site and we've just got like a mailing list up there right now. Uh, we're working on like a highlight reel that should be up soon. And then the new site will be up probably this summer, end of summer. Okay. And then, um, they can follow you or crop.la and then I mm -hmm. showed, told them about that on Instagram. Um, yeah. And I think that was it. And I was telling people next week we're going to have forefathers and I'm old school. Yeah. I use uh, uh, whatever these things are called. So I've already, um, Ashley, who's still here is amazing and does all the scheduling. And so this yeah. is January. It's the whole year is in these. And if you notice, I haven't written them all in yet, but like got them all well she's actually filled through december so i mean and i only do one in december but are you are you gonna I, get all are you gonna get all of them all four fathers yeah yes and it's not four but f-o-r-e yes right so amir is gonna join in and then jondon and uh, matt are all gonna come and um since i was at this conference 
I for AIGA um, this week, I had to do their test like on I Monday, know. which is it's a little bit early. But anyway, you guys need to check out Matt's work. And if you don't know, I mean, it's just you have a really good range and a, a wide range. And it's just um, you, you all the work. It's like it makes me proud to be a designer to see um, the work you do because it's like, man, that is so cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's all, I put the majority of stuff on Instagram. I've said before I need to be better at dribble, but if you really kind of want to see what I'm up to, it's all, it's all on Instagram, all out it's, there. It's nice. And Amy, I caught that Slack message and I've got a little bit more work to do, but um, I will text you or something and figure out where we could meet. And I don't know if you want to eat dinner or whatever, but um, <laughs> so Ashley's uh, talking to Fabio right now. So um, about checking his email. So um, Kent wants to know, and he's the one in Mississippi, okay. are CRAP and CS17 really very similar? I may have to choose for the students. He works at Mississippi College and he brings students um, over. So mm -hmm. what what would you say would be the selling point for CRAP? And then we can ask Mike sometime about the selling point for Creative South. Well, you know, I, I, can't, really, I can't really put one over the other you know, um, but well, how I, I are think, you different then? How are you, how are you different? I think we're just different, honestly, in, in, in venues and in, in cities, you know, like, uh, Columbus is great. They've got a, they've got a lot of really cool stuff to do. Um, if you've never been to Louisiana, they've got a really, you know, they've got a really great culture down there. Uh, the conferences themselves, you know, like they're, they're similar in what you get out of it. Obviously and culture wise, similar culture wise, similar too. um, you know, it's very much like they're both very community driven. Um, mm -hmm. It's ultimately just what's best for your students. Uh, you know, if if either one has something that's that's more beneficial for the, you know, for the group, then that's, you know, it's a tough question to answer. Yeah, it is a tough yeah. question. So, um, yeah, Baton Rouge is, and I had told him this before, Kent, that it was three hours of a drive, so it's mm -hmm. a lot closer. So what about, like, um, topics? Um, is that something that you try to be range of? Like, you try to do a UX, UI, you try to do, um, or are you just trying to find designers that are just amazing and inspiring? Well, you know, we, we want it to be a mix of both. Um, and that's kind of what that's kind of what we're doing with the 17 lineup. Um, I think any of those are, uh, more focused areas can probably be uh, more directly applied through the workshops. Um, mm -hmm. I think as far as, you know, like our, our main days, you know, like we, we want it to have like a good spectrum. But most of the time, like what I like to get out of a main day event is like, you know, inspiration and hey, you know what, this guy walked down the same road I did. Mm -hmm. You know, he's had the same ups and downs, you know, she's dealt with this, dealt with that. Um, you know, so I think, and I think that can come from anybody that can come from a UX designer, and it can come from a, you know, a copywriter, it can come from, you know, anybody. Right. It's right. just stories and experiences. So he says he wants to get them in the graphic designer culture and out of their small market. And I definitely agree with that in even in Mobile. So mm -hmm. I feel like smaller towns, it's, I think either conference would be really good for somebody who's coming from a really kind of small environment because it's very safe. Sure. Um, it's not, um, the cities aren't overwhelming and the people that are coming to these conferences are nice and um, friendly and the speakers are very approachable mm -hmm. and very mentor-like, I think. Yeah. 
very much so. And you know, like the great thing about about CS and and crop is, you know, I, I said this to so many people. Like, well, like they come up to ask to ask me if they could go talk to them. Like, yeah, you should. I mean, definitely go talk to them. You know, like go ask them a question. You know, right. go go take a picture with them. Like, that's that's so cool for anybody that you know, like is maybe, you know, if you're in a rut. Um, or if you're, you know, you're kind of stuck, you know, feeling a certain way, like, you know, like go, go buddy up next to one of your heroes and, you know, realize that like, you're really not all that different. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much. And I'm so thankful that you were so flexible to yeah. be able to do this. And I'm really glad. I'm really, really proud of you. And thank you so much. Just wish you so much luck with crap. I think that, um, it is hard to kind of, you have a lot of things going on in Baton Rouge, LSU football, you have Mardi Gras, we have the same sort of thing, except we just don't have the football. But people are gone because they're going to Alabama games or Auburn or True. something like that, or LSU. So, yeah. So I just want to tell you thank you. I, always, I really appreciate your friendship, and I'm really just looking forward to getting to know you even better and um, your work is just amazing. So thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, I'll see you next week. Same time, regular spot. Won't have the nice clean walls behind me. <laughs> um, it will be at, for, at regular spots, a regular time with the forefathers group. So it'll be packed. There won't be any images shown. All the images are going to be below um, on the website. So if you want to catch this or any other, if you want to look up some old episodes, you can check it out at rechargingyou.com. Or you can always email me at diane at designrecharge.org or diane at rechargingyou.com. Anyway, thanks, guys, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one.